T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one... They're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Of 92.3 The Fan and The Athletic, Jason Lloyd. What's up, buddy? Ken has no room to make fun of anyone about anything ever. Mm-hmm. Let's just get that on the record. Certainly not style, Jason, right? Yeah, right? Come on. Listen, all I'm going to say is I'll take your leather jacket and Dustin's cowboy hat and put it up against anything that Ken owns, and I think you guys would walk away the winners. That's just what I'm saying. <laughs> Hands down. Hands down. Jason, before Dusty joined us, I started the show asking to kind of set the expectations for Deshaun for the second week here. And – the, the way I framed it, and I, I wanted to get the answer out of you and see what you thought here. What's the bare minimum the Browns will need on Sunday from Deshaun to beat the Bengals? A bare minimum would be a Jacoby Brissett-type performance. How's that? So what like Brissett was giving them the last few weeks that, that he was in there where, I mean, we were, and rightfully so, everyone was raving about how tremendous Jacoby played, and he did. Uh, by and large, though, it was still average-type NFL quarterback play. You know, if you compare his numbers to elite guys around the, the league, he wasn't playing at elite level, but he was just, he far surpassed the expectations we all had for him. If Deshaun can give them that, you know, they, they can stay in this game. They can play in this game. Obviously, if he plays anywhere close to what he played last Sunday, it's going to be, it's going to be brutal. And I, and I think he will be better. You know, how much, to what extent, I don't know. But I mean, we're setting an awfully low, low bar considering where he was at Houston last week. But, you know, I do think, having a week to work on his mechanics a little bit, to read defenses, to to see things again. Uh, I do expect him to play better, of course. Why, why do you think he played so poorly, Jason? I think it was the 700 days. You know, I think it was all that time off. And, you know, he, I think he touched on it. I wasn't there today, but I think he touched on it a little bit today that, like, he is human and the emotions of just everything that – and I, I caution to say this. I preface this. Every time I say this, I preface this because somebody's going to go crazy and say he brought it on himself. Okay, fine. But, like, let's just – the allegations are what they are. We all know them already. But, obviously, this was mentally taxing on him as well these last couple of years. It's, it's exhausting to go through what he went through. To, to co- combine that with the fact that he was back in Houston where he spent his entire career um, – the emotion of getting back on the field, the rust of not being on the field in so long. I think it was just a combination of a lot of, a, a lot of things and just not seeing live action and just, you know, he was rushing throws. He was bouncing throws wide open Amari Cooper and he bounced the throw. I don't think he was trusting his eyes. The one throw, it looked like a fumble. He started to throw it and he stopped and spiked it into the ground. I just don't think that he was trusting what he was seeing. So there's probably a litany of reasons why it was as bad as it was. And just, you know, it was only three practices, and now he's got three more this week. And just having gone through it once and getting that out of the way, 
Um, again, I'm not expecting peak Deshaun this week. I think it's probably asking a bit too much, but certainly it should be better than what we saw the first time around. Jason, um, given how bad Deshaun looked on Sunday, because I know the Browns have said, well, we expect rust, you know, this is, it's going to be a process, all these kind of things here. But were, were the Browns surprised at just how ineffective and kind of at points lost Deshaun looked on the field? Yeah, I, I think so. And I think you can just look at the play calling and that backs that up because he threw the ball, what was I think, eight times in the second half. And it, it was like the first play. Go back and look at the first play of the third quarter. Like they come out, they get the ball to start the third quarter, and they go like jumbo, right? I called it the, the Jacoby package or the Jacoby offense where they, they, they go big across the line and they're just going to pound and they're just going to run the ball. And I think, I think they ran it 23 times in the second half and threw it eight, and that's, to me, that's Kevin saying, Okay, obviously we got a lot of work to do. Let's just run the ball and get out of here. Let's get the win. We're we're the better team. We're the more talented team. Let's run the ball, take it out of his hands, make sure he can't beat us with any crippling mistakes, and we'll go back to work next week. And I think that's exactly what they did. So, yeah, I think, you know, I think everybody internally, they probably were expecting some struggles, but not that. I don't think anyone, I mean, you know, I, I can't remember now off the top of my head, but I looked it up after the game. If you want to look at like EPA per attempt, I think it was the, the fourth worst of the season. And, you know, he's down around guys who he has no business being in, in their class for, for good reasons. Like he's significantly better than those guys. I think Ryan Tannehill was down there for one game and I don't remember the other. It was bad. It was really bad. And, and certainly I don't think anyone internally would have expected it to be that bad. Jason, the final five games, um, you know, the Browns are five and seven, and there's a bunch of teams that are five and seven that are, you know, could could potentially be in the hunt, so to speak, you know, at the end of the year, and the Browns are one of those teams. Uh, let's say they beat the Bengals and beat the Ravens without Lamar Jackson and get to seven and seven. Would you give them a chance? I I don't think the playoffs are realistic. I, they don't have any tiebreakers. I think the best – I've had arguments about this. I personally think the best path is the division because the teams they're competing with in the wild card are teams that they lost to. So I just – I don't think – I think there's too many teams to jump over in the wild card. I think their, real, their best path is the division, but I don't think that's very realistic either. And I don't think it's a conversation worth having until they do exactly what you just said. If they beat the yep. two, okay, now we can, like, sit down. We can look at uh, records. We can look at – schedules lying ahead percentages you know and then try and forge a realistic path but until then i i don't think it's realistic i don't think they're spending a lot of time i mean i was talking to one of the players after the game who even said like listen these last five games are about getting to sean for next year realistically or, or percentage wise theoretically do they still have a chance in the playoffs yes sure but i don't know that anyone really thinks it's a realistic chance and i've argued all year long from the time the suspension went to 11 games, I think the focus shifted on this season on what was realistic and what was expected. And again, Jacoby played incredibly well and surpassed everybody's expectations. And if they got a little help from their defensive special teams, we could be having a different conversation. I just don't know that that was the expectation once the suspension went to 11 games. I think it always became about getting Deshaun ready for next year. Jason, looking at the offensive line, Jack Conklin scheduled to be a free agent. Uh, Ethan Pochick. Uh, also, expected to be a free agent. You've got Nick Harris potentially coming back. Uh, oh, and then Jedrick Wills has been Jedrick Wills through uh, 12 games this year. 
Do Will the Browns view the offensive line as a priority this offseason, or do you think this might be kind of another uh, – a similar offensive line, but maybe piecemealed together for another season? Yeah, I don't think Conklin will be back. I think that's pretty evident. I think they want to see what James Hudson can provide. He's been good, obviously, in, in limited duty. I, I, I was actually talking to Ethan uh, last week. He's very interested in coming back. He's loved it here, and rightfully so. He's played the best football of his career. He's healthy, and part of the reason he wanted to come here was all the reasons you would think. Bill Callahan, the strength staff, uh, he saw a lot of things that he liked. That's why he came here. Obviously, he got the opportunity right away when Nick got hurt. I am really curious to see what they do at center. If they, I mean, Postic played so well. I think it's, it's worth bringing him back. But, of course, you had Nick ready to start before he got hurt. You can never have too much depth up there. And the point I've been quietly trying to make is, like, listen, $15 million guards is a luxury that you can't really have when you're paying your quarterback $45 million a year. So at some point, they're going to have to make a really hard decision between Joel Batonio and Wyatt Teller. And, and so that's why I think you bring Postic back if you can get something done. Hold on to Nick Harris. And probably not this year. I think they'll be okay cap-wise this year. But after next year, they could have some really difficult decisions to make it guard. And you can't keep paying these guys what you're paying them when the quarterback is eating up the amount of cap space that he is. The tackle thing, you know, I flippantly said a month or so ago, you know, maybe Hudson's the left tackle and, and Wills is the right tackle next year. Jedrick, halfway through the year, I didn't think he was playing that poorly. You know, but these last few games, it's it's bad. And it's I mean, people who know a lot more about offensive line play than me are saying, yeah, it's like he, he stops when he gets beat, he stops and he, he, he's looking around and, you know, you can point out plays on film where he's not hitting anybody. He's like, what, what are you doing? And I, I don't know what's going on with him. It is a concern, but you know, how are you going to get better there? You're, you're, you're not going to have a ton of free agent dollars. You're not going to have, you know, if you want a cornerstone franchise left tackle, you that in the draft in the first round of the draft and obviously not only do they not have a first round pick they have to fix defensive tackle like i i think if they fix the defensive tackle issue on this team it goes a long way in cleaning up a lot of the other defensive issues that we've seen this year so as bad as wills has been and it hasn't been good at times i still think that there's more pressing needs higher than that on this team so you know whatever whoever's on what side i do think wills and hudson are probably the tackles next year and Postic and Harris are both back, and probably you have both these guards back for one more year, and then you have to start making some hard decisions. All right, Jason, I did want to get one quick uh, Guardians uh, question in before we get to the Cavs here. Uh, Josh Bell, is is that signing in and of itself enough for you to buy into the Guardians as contenders again in 2023? Yeah, I think they're real. I, I absolutely think it's it's legit. Uh, I don't think – I think they're probably done – well, I don't know. It depends on how the catcher market shakes out. But this, I, I would not expect another big, splashy free agent signing bat type thing, uh, although they do have to figure out what they're going to do behind the plate. I love the Bell signing. I thought it was great. They needed a, a right-handed bat. He's a switch hitter who won't kill you against left-handed pitching. Uh, Josh Naylor just became unplayable against lefties by the end of the year, so they had to do something to address that, and they did. Neither one of those guys is a gold-gloved type first baseman defensively. Uh, but, you know, they're passable. I think both are passable. Naylor had a terrific play in the postseason over at first, picking that scoop from, from Jose Ramirez. So I love the signing. I thought it was great. I absolutely think they're in the mix. I think the White Sox are going to be a lot better, probably moving on from Tony LaRusso alone 
will make them a better team next year. So they're not going anywhere. I I was never a believer in the Twins. I still am not. But uh, between the Guardians and White Sox, I think it's going to be a pretty good race next year. I absolutely believe they're they're for real. Last year was not a fluke, and you're starting to see. You know, I but the thing about like the minority owner coming in and everyone's like, okay, well now they can spend. Well, not really. Like the Dolans didn't get that that the the first chunk, and I don't know the exact percentages, but the first chunk went to John Sherman. Like they bought out his shares. And then if there was more spent beyond that, then it went to the Dolans. And also they got an influx of this BAMTEC money again, which is when the payroll went up the first time around, it was really a lot of the BAMTEC money. And that's when you saw Edwin Encarnacion come in um, and they were able to spend some of that free agent dollars. And I think you'll see that again. I would like to see them lock up some of their young core, um, you know, Andre Semenis to a deal, Tristan McKenzie, long-term Stephen Kwan, if they can get, buy out their arbitration years with those three guys i think personally i think that's a better use of spending than bringing in another free agent jason let's get to the cavaliers here a little bit and and talk about what we saw the other night lebron james returns back home to cleveland um is he gonna get a tribute by the way every time he comes back (laughs) from now on are we are we like are we over the tributes or are we just gonna tribute the guy every time yeah, I, he even said he was a little bit surprised by that one, too. Uh, I, you know, usually with most players, when they come back, they get the video the first time they come back, um, and, and that's it. And, and I will, you know, I think Kobe and his staff, like those guys did a nice job with that, where that really wasn't the case before. But they've done a nice job with acknowledging guys who have been here in the past with little welcome back signs around the visiting locker room, obviously public uh, type of videos that you saw the other night it's it's such a he's obviously such a special player to the fabric of this organization it was such a special time those four years and obviously the championship i don't have as big a problem with it as some others but i get people saying okay like we've we've done this already do we have to do it every time it's plus it's the fact he's only back once a year you know it's not even like he's in the east now where he comes back twice a year it is just once a season and if the schedule depending on how the schedule falls it could be you know, 12, 14 months between visits. So I don't have as big of an issue as, as others who are griping about it, but I get it. I, I see why people would be like, okay, this is done. We've, we've done this before. Let's move on. Jason, 25 games in, is the Cavs' biggest issue still who starts at the three? <sighs> no, I don't think it, I don't think that's an issue. I, I don't, they don't need a lot out of that. Uh, you know, internally I've heard Dean Wade's name a few times and someone that they would like to see, to sort of claim that because then JB can go back to the three bigs that he'd like to play last year. Uh, Dean's been hurt. And I think Lamar Stevens gives him exactly what you need out of that. Ideally, you'd like to see Okoro claim that spot. But, I mean, there's times where he's just looked like he's just terrified of the ball to me. He didn't even want the ball. As soon as it comes to him, he's getting off it and, and moving it. And he won't even shoot the corner shots that would make him such a weapon to this team. But for now, I think Stevens is fine is that with, with all the ball-dominant guards that they have and, and the, the guys who can score, you just need someone who's going to play hard and defend out of that three spot. I mean, you know, ideally, sure, okay, bring LeBron back, but I, that's not very realistic. So for for where they're at and what they truly need out of it, I think they're fine where they are. I think when Rubio comes back, it's going to be a lift to the second unit and give them a, a, a primary ball handler who can run the second unit. Um, I... 
they, they need Jared Allen to stay healthy. You know, they need, they need their stars to stay healthy. Allen's the anchor to that, to that team defensively. And they sort of unravel when he's not out there. Uh, and, and they need to continue to work on Darius and Donovan playing together. You know, they made a shift a couple weeks ago, a pretty shift that they were going to put the ball in Darius's hands and he's going to run the offense. Now, if you, I was talking to JB about this, if, if they're on a break, you know, if, if you grab the and you're going to push, then it's just whoever's got the ball, go. But if the team makes a basket, if you're taken out from under the hoop, they want the ball in Darius's hands. And I, 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 I think that's the right move. That was part of the reason why, the only reason why I wasn't sure about bringing in another ball-dominant type player was because Darius flourished last year with the ball in his hands all the time. And putting, going, sort of reverting back to that and making Donovan more or less a true shooting guard, uh, I think is the way to go. I think it's the best way to, to maximize Darius He's just more comfortable that way, and and you. But they still, they still have only played, like you said, twenty five games. They still don't have a ton of experience playing together. Donovan has a lot of experience playing alongside point guards and ball dominant guys. Darius's time was with Colin, and he didn't play great. He wasn't great when he was out there sharing the floor with Colin. So that's something that they're still working through that they have to figure out. Obviously, Donovan had the huge night the other night. Um, and you know, it, it just take, it just take time. It's sort of like the Deshaun conversation. The only way to do it is to go out there and do it and, and get comfortable that way. And eventually I do believe they'll figure it out. Jason, we got to run buddy, but great stuff from you. And, uh, going to need to see that leather jacket soon. Okay, bud. <laughs> it's not, I don't know what it is. It's not leather, but it's, it's great. It did not photograph well in that one picture. It's a great jacket. You know I me, my cowboy hat would look good on you, Jason. <laughs> Done. It's Tax Lloyd. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade used with permission.